Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. I'm Stephanie, and this is episode 46, originally aired March 19, 2020. So how are you doing today? We're all going through the same thing around the globe, and that is the COVID-19 virus. And as many of you are self-quarantined in your homes, I want this episode to bring you a little bit of brightness into your day, even if only for a few minutes. Uh, there's, um, I'm putting a lot of uh, resources uh, for creative uh, things that you can do um, and even stuff with the kids uh, and cooking. So that's what I'm going to talk about in this first segment. And then we have a really good uh, podcast guest today, Brett Lewis. So um, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, when I get that to the end of this first segment. Okay, so um, I put together some links that um, hopefully will help you guys out. Uh, it'll be posted in my show notes. And let's go over some food. <laughs> uh, you guys know I love my pressure cooker. And I've got uh, three links to some pressure cooking websites and recipes. And I do have one link for the traditional stovetop version of a recipe that I make a lot and that I love. So let's get into that. Uh, Good Morning America this morning had a good segment on pressure cooking meals that were easy and uh The first one was a traditional comfort food, macaroni and cheese, and it had all, all of the comfort in it. The dairy, the gluten, (laughs) the cheese, uh, and uh, it was looked really easy. I mean, I want to try to make it, but you could make it gluten-free, you could make it dairy-free and still with if you all the spices that she added would really flavor this up anyway. Uh, so I I like that recipe and then she had a second recipe that was a bit more healthy and it was for a red lentil soup. Very simple and very easy. So I love those. I put a link in the show notes for that and I put another link to Pressure Luck Cooking. Um, this is a YouTube channel. He also has a website. I have made many, many of his recipes, Jeffrey, and he actually has been on Good Morning America. So he's actually kind of really soared with his channel and has gotten very well known. Uh, so there's a lot of recipes. And the great thing I like about Pressure Luck Cooking is that uh, they're videos and they are step by step uh, recipes. So you know exactly how to make these if you watch the videos. And then there's a few other, uh, recipes out there, um, that the links will be there. And then the one that is, um, the more traditional where you make it on the stovetop, uh, 
uh, is, or your grill, is this uh, Greek chicken souvlaki recipe. But uh, when I make this, I don't put the little chicken pieces on skewers. I just um, saute the chicken pieces in the skillet um, uh, because uh, it, the skewers are really, I think, are more uh, uh, for the grill, like an outdoor grill. You could probably skewer them and, and um, cook them on a grill pan on your stovetop, but... It's just, you know, it's too hard to like slide those off the sticks and everything. So I just like to just keep the chicken pieces free. And I got another one that I saw um, on FabFitFun. So they have uh, an online, it's called FabFitFun TV. And normally you have to be a member to get access to these online fitness classes. And right now they are offering them for free. You do not have to be a member and you can just go on there and watch and take these uh, fitness classes like yoga and uh, what have you. So that looks interesting. I'm going to see what they've got that I could do. Uh, as more on the creative side, there, um, I I got an iPad Pro a couple months ago, and uh, I've been learning the Procreate app. So I've been watching Procreate tutorials, and there's a YouTube channel that I really really like. It's called Every Tuesday, and she has uh, Procreate tutorials that are very good. Um, and she's got, um, I put the link in there. She's got some uh, free fonts, brushes, textures, and patterns that you could download. Um, and uh, Procreate, if you don't know, I'm kind of late to this game. So I feel like everybody else out there knows it. <laughs> and I'm just starting to learn it. But it, it is um, an app on your iPad that you'll use with your um, Apple Pencil. And it is the digital version of what you would do on just paper and pencil drawing or sketching or calligraphy, um, brush lettering, watercolor painting. The sky's the limit on this app. And it's pretty amazing. They have a bunch of different brushes that comes with the program. Uh, and it's really fun to play with. And what I find so amazing about it is that it's, it is very intuitive once you know um, how to navigate the program and um, to work with the layers and so forth. Uh, but that, that's a learning curve, which is what I'm learning right now. Uh, but it's so easy to change colors. So that's the one thing that if you are... Um, doing like a watercolor painting or pencil coloring. If you wanted to see what it looked like in a different color, all you have to do is like a little tap and a tap and boom, it's a different color. It's just amazing. I really, really like it. So yeah, every Tuesday, that's a really good YouTube channel with Procreate tutorials. 
Um, so for fabrics, I just got last night an order. I've never ordered from this one before, but uh, I really had a good experience and I wanted to give her a shout out. It is the DIYAddict.com. Karen is the owner of the shop and I ordered some of the new Tulip Pink homemade fabric. The fabrics she has on there are sold by the yard and they are at a very competitive price per yard. Uh, she also sells bundles of fabrics, like pre-cuts. Uh, there's EPP patterns on there, and she's got a, um, uh, threads and other supplies. But uh, she ships right away. And when I got my order yet last night, I opened it up, and there was she had added a free fat quarter with my order. How like lovely was that? It just, you know, it's those little things that can just brighten your day, especially in days that we're going through, you know, now. Uh, So I got on email right away and I emailed her back that I got my order and thanked her so much for this fat quarter. It just really makes a difference to me. And so uh she's got on her website, there's a section, a sales section where she's got fabric for $6 a yard, $8 a yard. And these are Tula Pink, K Facet, Anna Maria Horner. Um, who else? Like those are really good fabrics to at that price. So um, I would, I'll put the link in there and you can check it out. Okay, what else do we have here? Some more fun things that you can do are quilt-alongs. So I've been talking about the Allison Glass and Juicy Juice mini series uh, sew-along. They call it a sew-along, but it's it's kind of like a quilt-along because you're you're sewing quilt blocks. These are quilt blocks are mini, mini, mini pieces, and I've never done this before. And they are foundation paper pieced. So um, before you sign up for that, just know that that those are the techniques that um, are part of this sew along. Um, But it is starting on Sunday, the 22nd. So there's still time for you to sign up. And uh, it looks like it's going to be fun. I hope so. (laughs) So um, there's a bunch of other sew alongs and quilt alongs. I, I just, they're endless. So I just put a few links in the show notes of, um, there are a couple of blogs that actually have lists of 2020 quilt alongs. And, uh, one of those links is for the, um, AQS and, and they host quilt alongs every month. There's a different quilt. It's like a lap size quilt. So, uh, the, possibilities are endless. So check check those out. Uh, and then another thing I saw, which was pretty interesting is, um, and this is really good for the kids. If you have kids that are, you know, getting bored or whatever, um, their USA Today had an article and they have a, a lot of links to online tours of museums, national parks, zoos, Great Wall of China and NASA. So uh, I haven't actually checked those out. Uh, I've seen like the zoo one, like Columbus Zoo has a really cool one. And they've actually been doing online stuff uh, since about 2012. 
Um, but I, uh, I think it's interesting. I think it, I did not know that museums did uh, online tours of art. So that's pretty cool. And let's move on to podcasts. So my last episode podcast guest was Vicki Holloway. And I, uh, if you don't already listen and subscribe, her podcast is called My Creative Corner 3. And she has a premium podcast in her Etsy shop, and it's called Zen and the Art of Creating. So um, I got this and wow, the timing of this premium podcast couldn't be better. Uh, it's it's just, um, it, it really, um, she has done research and she gives these exercises, you know, some breathing and just, um, you know, awareness of um, just kind of like finding your calm and incorporating that with your creativity so that even like your creative hobbies don't, you know, stress you out. <laughs> so it's a really good premium podcast and I would recommend that. Another podcast that you probably already know about is the Off Kilter Quilt with Frances O'Rourke Dowell. And her podcast has a, a kind of a journal style uh, narrative. And I really like it. Uh, she will uh, record uh, for a, you know, a series of days, a little bit each day, talk about what's going on, talk about quilting, um, her book writing, whatever, and then she'll post it. So I really like her podcast a lot, Off Kilter Quilt. And another podcast that actually Vicki Holloway recommended this on her last episode, and I'm going to re-mention it because I went to that podcast and I listened, and then I listened to another one and another one, and then I subscribed. So uh, it's called A Slob Comes Clean, and it's uh, kind of a short podcast, so you can listen to many episodes um, at a time, and uh, it's good. It's really good, and uh, it just um, it's for people who hate to clean, and that would be me. Some of her um, tips, though, that she gave for starting out with, um, I was pretty happy to hear that I've already been doing that because of Sophia's YouTube channel. Uh, I had Sophia on, um, oh, probably about a month or so ago, and her YouTube channel is my great challenge, so... Um, I learned kind of those things from her. And then um, on this podcast of Slob Comes Clean reiterates some of the same principles. And then just to really like add things on a little at a time. And um, if you can only just do one thing, then just do that one thing. And then once that becomes, you know, pretty much easy to do, then you add a another thing to it. It's really good. I recommend it as well. There's another podcast, it's called Every Little Thing, and that's also like a short 20, 25 minute episode podcast. It's interesting, uh, the listeners of this podcast will um, ask questions of things, and then the podcast uh, host will uh, find, 
either the inventor of that or they'll find the expert in that field and they'll answer the question. So for instance, uh, the po- there was this one episode I really liked. It was about police sketch artists and how they read your mind in order to draw um, the sketches that they draw. And then another one I haven't listened to yet, but I'm going to next is uh, Meet the Scrunchy Queen. So they have the inventor of the hair scrunchie. <laughs> that's so cool. So that's a fun, uh, fun podcast to listen to. And then moving on to books, uh, Frances Dowell makes this list as well. She crossed over from podcasts to books, but I am on her newsletter list and she just sent a great one out. Uh, you can sign up for this newsletter on her uh, Quilt Fiction website, and I will have links to that in the show notes. On her newsletter, uh, she lists links to audiobooks that are free. Three of them are YouTube channels. They're really good because I went to all three of these links and I subscribed to all of those channels. The first one is Pride and Prejudice. And the second one is The Secret Garden. And that would be a good audiobook for kids as well. Uh, the third one is the BBC radio drama, and that book was The Enchanted April. Uh, so, uh, yeah, th- those are really fun and interesting. And I would not have known about those had I not been on her email list. Um, and also, Frances uh, has her own audiobook called The Friendship Album 1933. So on the link to her Quilt Fiction website, right up at the top, she has put, um, you know, a button where you can click to start from the beginning of this book and you can listen to that one. And she started doing this book, I don't know, maybe a year or more ago where she was writing this book and posting it on a free podcast uh, chapter by chapter or groups of chapters and um, I got through some of it, but then I um, uh, just, uh, you know, forgot to go back and listen to more of it. So I'm going to pick that one up again. Uh, but the other thing, too, is uh, I can't listen to that book, The Friendship Album, 1933, if I have to focus on a task because I focus on that task and then I, um, I kind of uh, block out the background. So uh, then I was finding myself like finally then going back and listening and I would have to rewind like three chapters. (laughs) So it's very good to listen to if you're doing something more like mundane laundry, dishes, uh, exercise, whatever. So um, there's a lot to do uh, even from, you know, your own home And uh, thank goodness we're online because all of this is basically uh, online stuff. Um, All right. I have a quick update to something I talked about last episode, and that is the Omi Omi sewing pattern for the baby pants um, out of knit fabric. So I I was able to make one pair successfully, but the second pair was like a complete uh, disaster and uh, I didn't have enough fabric. So um, I really wasn't going to like worry about it and and go and buy more of that fabric. So um, but 
uh, it was, this was like over a week ago. My husband was in the area of the fabric store and he said, texted me, do you need anything? And I was like, well, why, yes, I actually do. Can you get me one yard of this Lilo and Stitch fabric? <laughs> and, and he went in and got it and used the coupon. And uh, that was so cool. It was just like, it's so weird because once you let something go, and it, it came back. So I was just really happy that I didn't stress over it too much. And I just kind of let it go. And then it came back to me and I was able to get the fabric again. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be making those soon. I've, it's actually in the uh, wash right now, pre-washing. All right. I want to thank some supporters of the show. And last week I had a donation from my podcast page. And thank you, Barbara, for that donation. Um, I really appreciate it. And also my Patreon supporters. Uh they are subscribers every month, and they get a bonus podcast episode once a month. So um, thank you so much to the Patreon supporters and to Kim, who is on the handcrafted level of uh, tier of Patreon. And if you want to support the show but really don't have um, the extra income to do so, you can support it just by listening and by referring the show to, even if everyone just uh, refers it to one friend, uh, that would help greatly. And also, if you left a review on iTunes or if any of your other podcast platforms allow reviews. And finally, I just want to let all of you know that I am sending out all of my love, support, and best wishes for you to stay healthy and to be well during this uncertain time with the virus, um, especially over the next few months. And don't forget to do self-care. I know it's very easy for parents and caretakers to um, take care of everyone else but themselves. So just remember, you've got to stay healthy as well for everyone in your life. All right. Be well, everyone. Okay, so before we get started in my conversation with Brett Lewis, I uh, realized when I was editing this episode that um, the wrong microphone was um, used, like kicked in as the default. So I thought my podcast microphone was recording this, but it was actually the uh, computer's built-in microphone, which is not as good quality. So you'll see that difference in there. Um, Brett's sound and microphone is perfect. So um, just bear with the, my side of the conversation sounds a little tinny. But anyway, it's uh, a great conversation and I hope you enjoy. Today, my guest is Brett Lewis. He has a blog called The Natural Born Quilter, and he just designed and released his first quilt fabric collection at market this fall called Stag and Thistle. So welcome, Brett. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you're, you're just kind of like 
new on the quilting scene all around, like even just starting quilting, which is amazing. Yeah, I've been sewing and quilting for, oh, it's probably three and a half years now. I think, I guess the spring will be four. So yeah, so I, wow. I would consider that relatively new. It is. <laughs> it really is. That's, that's so cool. Um, so we're going to get into all that, but I want to talk about where you're from because you're up in uh, northern Alberta. Is that right? Canada? Yeah. Yeah. I live in Alberta. Yeah. The province of the Alberta province. in Canada. But you're yeah. right, are you in right around Edmonton or? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I am in the city of Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. So you're in a city. You're not like kind of like rural up in the north woods kind of thing, right? Tundra. <laughs> No, 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 it is. It does feel like tundra out there today. I actually converted my weather app to Fahrenheit to see and it's because you have a lot of US listeners, I think. um, Mm -hmm. And it's minus four Fahrenheit. So I don't know if that's some perspective. Oh, yes, it is. Wow. Yeah, so it's like minus 20 Celsius. So it's very cold today. So I mean, that's the kind of weather when we get it here in Chicago. I say that it feels like my face is going to fall off when I step outside. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially when it's windy. So yeah, Yeah, for sure. mm -hmm. But um, yeah, because I'm in Chicago and we usually get all of our um, polar vortexes and everything from Canada. So thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I'm kind of familiar with Canada because, um, my sister-in-law lives up there. She's been up there for about 20 years and she used to live in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Okay. And I visited yeah. there once and, uh, it was, it was fun. Um, because at nighttime, um, when we were there, she saw, we could see the Northern lights. Yes, that's the first yes, time I have really cool. the first and only time I've ever seen seen them, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, you have to. We can see. We do see them here. You have to drive a little bit out of the city just because of the lights of mm-hmm. the city. But um, yeah. if you just go outside to like a national park, which is really close by, it's pretty pretty amazing. That's so. really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then I have been in Alberta because I, in visiting with her, we flew to Calgary and then we drove to Banff. And that was fun. But that was in the summertime, so there wasn't a lot of snow or anything. But it's yeah. beautiful. That it's, it's very beautiful there. Yeah, it's uh, up by Edmonton. It's more kind of prairie region, quite flat, but literally just, you know, two and a half hour drive west and you're in the Rockies and it's gorgeous. And then getting into BC there, which I was born and raised in BC. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah, so which growing up was just like you, you know Edmonton now where I live is a city but grew up in a small town and on a farm in the country so oh, nice. yeah very nice okay <clears throat> so you you said you just picked up quilting almost four years ago yeah and tell me like how did you get into it and, and why well um yeah I'm not from a sewing family like my my mom had a sewing machine to do some mending but it wasn't until um we were gifted a baby quilt for our son when he came home. Um, my sister-in-law had made it and I was quite inspired by the fabrics that were on there. And I was like, Ooh, these are, these are pretty cool. Um, it's not what I, I guess thought of when I thought of quilting and fabrics, I thought of the few quilts I saw growing up at my aunt's house or something and little floral prints and maybe lots of, (laughs) lots of browns and kind of like that seventies green. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, roses everywhere so there, there was this more modern kind of uh contemporary fabrics that she had had used i was like oh this is really cool and uh my mother-in-law did quilt and she's like oh well you know if you like this um when damien moves to a big boy bed i'll make him a quilt for that bed so uh 
why don't you go to a cold store, choose out some fabric, and I'll, and I'll make that. Uh, so I, I went into a, I went into a cold store, didn't know what I was doing, chose. I don't know, eight bolts of fabric I liked and everything was sold by the meter. So I bought like eight meters of fabric for a twin size <laughs> quilt and um, didn't, yeah, didn't know what a fat quarter was and, and then gave her the fabric and it sat with her for a while. Like she's a little bit, maybe a bit of a procrastinator and I was like, okay, you know, we're going to get going on this quilt. Like he's already in, in a bed and she's like, why, why don't you, uh, you know what, you should just sign up for a quilting class at your, go to a, a quality local quilt shop. So I went into a, a quilt shop um, signed up for a baby quilting class. My uh, husband told me to go get a decent machine, so I went and bought a nice intro Janome, not something like I was just going to like I don't know get something at Walmart or something. But no, I went and got a good good machine. That's good. And um, just got hooked from there. And the amazing thing about it was usually those intro quilting classes, like quite a few people signed up, and not one other single person signed up. And the shop owner saw like how excited I was that she gave me basically three private evening lessons um, when they were open late on one day of the week. So I came in on those days and she proceeded with teaching me, which I think was probably a good investment for the shop. And, you know, (laughs) and I just got, I just got hooked. So yeah, made a baby cult and bing, bang, boom. I think the first year I made maybe, it was like 12 or 13 quilts or something. So like big quilts. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Usually the quilt shops, if they have less than four people, they'll cancel it. So you, you really lucked out to get the one-on-one because, you know, when I took my first quilt class, I mean, there must've been eight people in there, which doesn't seem like a lot. But it is when you're trying to learn something mm-hmm. for the first time and you just don't get that one-on-one <laughs> teacher-student, you know, yeah. time yeah. like you would like yeah. to. Well, and I had never sewn before. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I sewed for, I think, a week in high school. We made a pair of pajama pants, but that was a while ago. So um, it was definitely, yeah, she she saw how dedicated it was. I mean, I bought a machine, so um, it, it was really fun, so... That's very, yeah. very good that she did that. And then you, you kind of uh, took to it quickly, I guess, because you made so many quilts in your first year. So yeah. I, did she mm-hmm. did she teach you every, like the, all of the layers, like the top? Yeah. It went the batting from it, in? Yes. So that it was a really good it was a really good class kind of a full like introduction. There was a prereq course. I should I guess I could back up saying I did take a prereq course before that. It was rotor cutting basics. So you had to know how to cut your fabric properly. That was a, an afternoon class. So I did that and that was with a group of people and then signed up for this. But yeah, it was all from piecing this simple quilt to uh layering, like doing your batting, doing the quilting on my domestic and the hand binding. So from start, start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Cause mine was just the top. So then <clears> I had <throat> no idea what to do and it took me like probably another two and a half years to kind of like figure it all out and get brave enough to do the, the machine quilt. I did take yeah. the separate machine quilting class, but it just was a disaster. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was intimidating and, and they just brought, it, you know, like, it, it, it was kind of like one of those advanced <laughs> classes where they just throw everything at you and they're like, okay, <laughs> do yeah. you know, your quilt. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, so, I, it was it, it was walking foot straight line quilting. So very, you know, quite so simplistic stitching and simple I designs. Really, but it was, yeah. yeah, it was just not intimidating. So I was like, ooh, I can do this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Really kudos to your, to your quilt shop for that. It's really wonderful. 
Um, so what was the first type of a, did you do the nine patch block or did you do half square triangles? It, it was that quilt. It was called like hole in the wall and it was just basically like framing a square. Um, and then I did take some other classes, um, including, so in that first year I took that and was like, Ooh, I really like this. So signed up for some other, I signed up for a foundation paper piecing class. Um, so I think that was maybe three or four months after I did that, that quilt and had made some other ones at home. Some very simple, like a, um, like a yellow brick road quilt. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with that pattern. Um, and then signed up for a foundation paper piecing and, initially could not stand it um the curve which if you look at all my the projects i work on now i do a lot of curved piecing and foundation paper piecing so um took it was a new york beauty block and then half square triangles but foundation paper piece so did that class for a wall hanging and i was like oh this is so hard i don't like this i found the curves so challenging uh and then but got hooked on it. I was like, no, I'm going to try another pattern and then found a pattern I really liked and with fabrics I loved using. And then also took like an English paper piecing class and applique class. So wow. kind of, kind of a, like an array of techniques, like the kind of, yeah, the, the basics that you kind of need to do a very, sure. various amounts of patterns and went from there. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, um, the, um, yeah, I felt the same way. Um, the first, foundation paper piecing I did it, it just um didn't like it and even though it was kind of a simple design it was this pumpkin design and it, it was just um I just didn't click with the instructions and it wasn't a class I was just trying to like do this so then yeah I, I determined okay I hate this so I'm not doing it anymore and then and then I saw this book come out like just a couple years ago um by the tartan kiwi I don't know if you've heard oh, okay. of her, but she's in New Zealand, Juliet, and she do, did these gorgeous animals. And I love animals, so polar bear and butterfly, and they're just so gorgeous. So I said, I'm going to get this book and I'm going to try it again. Yeah. And it was a whole different experience. She has very yeah. good instructions, and her patterns are really great. So I would say that because a lot of people do get frustrated with it, and they're just like, oh, foundation paper piecing, I hate it. But I think it does depend on the pattern you have to really like it mm-hmm. and uh and like the yeah. the instructions and how it's written too it's just different yeah. for everybody so i'm glad for i retried sure. that um and it's good that you went back to it too so um yeah curves i mean how so i guess you took these classes because i wanted to know how did you advance so quickly in this in such a short I, I, amount of time yeah i guess i mean i i just i got like guess a bit really hard by the culty bug and just was like, Ooh, I really like this. Like as an artistic outlet, like textile artistry, if you want to call it that. And, and let's just say the first year, like I was going to Rubbermaid bins for mustache. <laughs> so I had lots of fabric that I loved, you know, but I also wanted to use it. So buying all this fabric was like, Ooh, make cool projects. And, and, um, bought patterns. I'm like, Ooh, I could get, you know, I eventually want to do this. Like there was, so I guess there was after doing that, that New York beauty foundation class, I was like, Oh, let's look at New York beauty. Cause I like the the look of the block. Mm-hmm. It's actually my favorite block I would say. Oh, okay. And then I discovered in via Instagram, just searching. I find that's such an amazing way to get inspiration from other quilters out there or designers. And 
found a pattern I really liked, which was Chris Jurd's Emperor's Wheel pattern. I've made that quilt a couple times and taught that class. And she's in Australia. And it was a, a bit of an older pattern, like probably t- maybe 10 years old. And ordered it on Etsy, I think, or and shipped here. And I was like, okay, it's, it's basically, you've got, got all the various New York beauty blocks. There's this kind of a complicated centerpiece I had to piece, but... I was like, I'm just going to try it and do it and, and reached out to her, like messaging her on Instagram and whatnot when I was making it, posting along the way. And I, I guess just using hashtags and people posting and stuff. And then uh, just tried various other patterns and it led to a conversation with her. Um, I, I said, if you ever want someone to pattern test for you, because I really, really liked your patterns. Um, and then she reached out. She's like, yeah, I'm testing this. Would you like to test it for me? I haven't written the pattern yet. So that was her road trip pattern she had done. And it has like, it looks like roads going through and had a little bit of applique and all the foundation New York beauty blocks and whatnot. It was really cool. So I guess just making as many quilts as I can could in that time frame, just like, I don't say practice makes perfect because my quilts are far from perfect, but <laughs> just owning in on, on what I really liked in my, in my, uh, um, craft and mm-hmm. just practicing it and making lots of, and I, in my, I, I give most of my quilts away actually. Like I think I know, me too. most of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have a ton from the, from my earlier quilts now that I've gotten, um, more complicated or if I'm paying for custom quilting, like I, I tend to keep those more recent projects. So mm-hmm. I, I guess just by, you know, making numerous projects and, um, gets, gets you going and inspired and, yeah, so that's interesting. But you know what? I noticed a th- something in there that you said that really, I think, catapulted this even more. And it's that you, when you used Instagram, you reached out to the pattern designer. Yeah, and, yeah. And and that, I mean, like, I, I sometimes, again, I, I don't know what if it's generation or not, but I mean, uh, I would be too, probably too timid. <laughs> to do that to like reach out to this a pattern designer yeah. and say la, la, la. yeah I'm better now I mean I'm like you know it's partly why I want to do the podcast too just because I'm so introverted but I so desperately want to talk to everyone you yeah. know what I mean but it's just um yeah so I, I think that that stands out to me that you did that and that made a huge difference I think in the progress of your you know yeah for sure I think I think um I, I mean, I'm a very extroverted person and contacting or, you know, I always, I always try to comment on people's posts, like when I was inspired or if they comment on me, I, I mean, now that, you know, with, if there's a lot of comments, it gets on something, it gets more challenging, but, um, I've made so many good friends on Instagram, just chatting back and forth, done like mini cult exchanges with people. And I said, and I, I think if I'm thinking back, I think Chris Jordan, I think she commented on when I posted the quote, like, Oh, that's so cool. You know? So I DM'd her and I said, Oh, just, you know, absolutely love this pattern and you know, X, Y, Z. And yeah. yeah. I'm taking and a lesson I, from that. Cause that, I need to uh, do that more. I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's the worst thing that happens is someone doesn't respond True. or they say no, or they yeah. say no. So yeah, I guess, I guess if people are interested, like, I mean, I do, I guess you would call it marketing. Like, like, I mean, it is all marketing. If you're if you're creating a brand for yourself or your art or your quilting, you know, using using those hashtags and tagging the companies that you're using their fabric or the thread or the batting, and it it's definitely, I guess, you know, if you're if you ask, oh, from going from just sewing to developing your own 
fabric line? Like, how did that trajectory happen so fast? And I did a lot of that. And I mean, I'm just A, to give credit and get people aware, like, oh, like, what are you like using? Because I was always curious what other people were using. Like, oh, I really like how the quilting pops on that. Uh, How does it pop so well? Like on that custom quilting? Oh, well, they told me they use two layers of batting. So then... I can't. Then I, saw, I only use two layers of batting now. Usually, if I get custom quilting, and I'm always with using Hobbs batting, like a layer mm-hmm. of eighty twenty, and then a layer of wool on top or a blend. And in, if I hadn't asked someone or seen them in their write up, like I always like doing a little description when I post something. If it's mm-hmm. something um, done like a quilt that's finished, and give every little p- person credit along the way, like fabric by so and so, thread by this, you know, um, cool. It's always crediting the quilter if it's not me and companies sometimes notice depending on them and they're like oh if you're ever interested in collaborating on something and then I mean it helps meeting them in person going to quilt market and having a conversation and what yeah whatnot yeah but most most people are generally pretty friendly or companies that you know Mm -hmm. for reaching out and stuff so that's good yeah I encourage people to do that (laughs) yes yes we should definitely doing it a lot more getting better at it so um and uh the so where you're at then um do you do you quilt with other people do you have quilt guilds or are you just basically kind of like doing it on your own i am the city edmonton's a decent sized city that there is there are a couple uh there's a modern quilt guild here and there's also the edmonton and district quilt guild so i am part of the edmonton and district quilt guild it is a massive guild i consider it massive think there's over 200 members so yeah so each meeting is usually you know 70 to 100 plus people we have a program committee um so someone comes in for the meetings like a presentation usually we have uh festival of quilt to show every two years so I, i think it's my third year being a member and I joined the program committee this year and was helping out also with the festival um, to get a little bit more involved. And then it's also, it's just, it's time for me. Like I, I'm interested in modern quilting and trying to embrace that a little bit more. I love, I love that style, you know, the solids and how it looks, but it's just time for me, like working full-time parenting. (laughs) So I can only do so much, but yeah. So we have a really big quilting community here. I mean, up in northern Canada with long winters, uh, you're inside and sewing is is the thing to do, I think. Um, like there's quite a few, I want to say they're within Edmonton itself, there's four or five quilt shops and sur- every surrounding town seems to, if it's a decent size, has a quilt shop. So, oh, cool. You know. Yeah, that's really good. So Wait, so how, how, when does your winter start? And when does it um, end? We, <laughs> <laughs> we usually get snow by Halloween <gasps> and oh. it may or may not stay. And then it usually always snows on May long weekend. May? So like May 20th. So, oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, so <laughs> usually most, usually most of April is kind of like freeze thaw snowing. Um, that is, yeah, it's really hit and miss. And then January and February are the really cold months where we're down to like minus 40 mm-hmm. Celsius. Mm-hmm. So like, so, yeah. um, yeah, but I guess, yeah, I, so I, and I through it's been really fun because through being a younger quilter, um, not that that's like a thing, but you know, in classes I've met some good friends just from meeting people similar aged and also people older or younger than me and become friends with people. And 
done like social sewing days. Um, so stay in touch with those people and some people become, like, become really good friends. So it's always fun to just, like, it's such an amazing community. I find that everyone's there to support one another and help you with your craft if you want. Or, I mean, we do, me and a group of friends go on a culty road trip, like a shop hop in the summer when the weather's nice or the winter or if there's a sale. So it's, you know, we all get in the car and go for a day and go to three or four shops around, like in small towns around south of us in Alberta. So yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, that's great. And um, I I, I agree. Like, it's just so um, different when you can find people who really have the same passion that you do about fabrics and quilting and all of that. I mean, it's just... Like it elevates the fun factor <laughs> by oh, like a sure. million percent. It's so cool. So yeah. that's good. And I, and I tend to like, you know, encourage and, and you, you draw inspiration from each other. So definitely. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's cool that that's such a huge uh, cool thing. You know, I, when I go to visit my sister, they're, they are uh, like a couple hours north of Toronto. So they're kind of up in that, almost in the cottage country. And, yeah. um, I start like everywhere. Anytime I go somewhere, I always search for quilt shops in that area. So um, there weren't that many quilt yeah. shops, and then one of them that w- was there was closed <laughs> for they were on vacation. So um, yeah, I didn't really get to see too many quilt shops there. We did go when we spent a day up in um, some cottage town. There was a cute little quilt shop, and I loved that place. It was really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love going. I love. I I've done, I do the exact same thing. If I'm traveling, <laughs> um, I always do a Google search and say, "Okay, where is their quilt song here?" And it's like you don't know what hidden gem you're going to find of a shop that's yeah. three hours kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right? And um, so it's kind of cool. And it's always fun. And it's always funny going into those shops because I'm being a guy quilter. I mean, stand out a little bit more so in a very rural town they're like mm. oh what are you doing in here right <laughs> but you get to talking and then within the first 10 seconds you're just like i like chit-chatting about fabric mm-hmm. and like notions and like what what you prefer to do and you know styles and stuff so it's mm. always really interesting and fun yeah and um <clears throat> in that little town like this quilt shop was hopping there was like there was people there and a couple of people were just sewing together and i, I was just nice to see i was like oh yes <laughs> I'm I'm at home here. (laughs) It was, it was too funny. I was talking to, I was during my day job, I work in agriculture for the federal government and, um, was with some visiting, um, employees from the other side of Canada, taking them around for this tour. And it came up that I was into quilting and they thought that was so fascinating and talked about it for a while. And at that point, this is about a year ago, I was just developing my line. And it's so funny, like four months later, I got an email from one of them and it was, they're like, look what we saw today. And it was in the middle of nowhere, Quebec. And it was a quilt shop. They took a photo on their phone of this quilt ah. shop and it was closed. But it was like, we thought of you. Like, it's just, it's funny because uh, like it's, it sticks out in people's minds. So, yeah, 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 it does. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, you, I mean, that's the other thing that it was amazing to me <clears throat> to, to see you advance this quickly and you're, you're married, you're a parent, you have a full-time job and I just know the scarcity of time and even like with a child. So I, I just, it's amazing. It really is to me yeah. to see that, that you, but you know what? I, I think though, when you love something, I mean, that's what you spend your free time doing. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I always say, you know, I have three full-time jobs. Like I have my day job, parenting, quilting, and mm-hmm. I guess 
parenting slash husbanding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's well it's, because your spouse takes time too. We, or at be, least if you're my spouse, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, being honest, I I am tired a lot of the time, and I and I do recognize that people need to think about that too. Like I've taken a bit of a break this fall, like after cold markers, like hey, okay, I'm just gonna slow down a bit because it was becoming too yeah. much, and that's important to think about too. Um, yeah. But it's it's that it, you're you hit the like the the nail on the head, like it's exactly it's what I'm passionate about. So, you know, after I get Damien to bed at night, it's like okay, I could chillax on the couch and get like suckered into some Netflix show that four hours later it's midnight and I'm still watching it or I could go to this to my sewing studio and work on this Christmas project that I am excited about finishing and you know so it's yeah. just it's finding that finding that balance and what makes you happy right it really so, is and yeah. and it's um, amazing because sometimes I'll have I get tired too and I, I have to push myself to just do it go go mm-hmm. to go into the you know the quilt room and um but when I do it's I'm I it energizes me and I I'm like wow look what I just did in like an hour and a half time this is you know yeah. that's what kind of has to yeah. keep you motivated to do it because you're right you can sit down for 4 hours and what have you done well you've kind yeah. of like turned your brain yeah. into <laughs> uh, however I do yeah. have Netflix in my sewing room so I will I'll have that on and I love yeah. documentaries so documentaries you can have on and not have to pay attention to real closely yeah um So I get the best of both worlds, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's finding that balance. um, Cause I mean, that downtime is also necessary. I like just chilling on the couch with Mm. TV, but I love English paper piecing. So if I'm not really Mm. invested, I'm kind of, you know, just listening or something I've rewatched or watching a movie with my son, like an old Disney classic. Well, I could be doing, doing some hand sewing while I'm at, or on an airplane doing hand sewing. Like what am I going to do? What? you know, on an airplane. So, um, it's finding, and exactly it pulls back to that. I'm passionate about it. So I want to be working and I love seeing the end result. And then also getting my son interested in sewing and cool things. So we've been working on a couple of fun things together. Yeah. Yeah. So he's five. So, um, recently, um, he's always been interested in obviously the sewing machine looks like fun. His favorite (laughs) buttons, like the, the thread cutter, but (laughs) you know, proceeding with teaching it at appropriate level and safely. And mm-hmm. he sits on my lap and laugh on my lap, pardon me, and runs the pedal and I, his hands are on top of my hands. So getting used to the motion. Um, and he, we decided to make a uh, scrappy, we went through my scrap bag. He shows all the fabrics out and we randomly, this is probably the most random thing I ever made. I love how it turned out was just a 18 inch square pillow and he's like, hey, dad, put, let's put this one next and cut it at an angle <laughs> and do this. And we piece this pillow together, um, him choosing all the fabs, and he's going to give it to his kindergarten teacher for Christmas this year. Oh. So, um, But getting him involved, and he was so, so proud sweet. of what it looked like when it was done. Yeah. So, and then he chose the th- down to the thread of what he wanted it quilted, and it was so funny. So, well, And they know yeah. what they like, because I started teaching yeah. my niece when she was around five. And, um, yeah. and now she's 11. And, and yeah. she's gotten, you know, really good at it. And, um, you know, she'll come and she used to live local, but now like uh, three or four years ago, they had moved um, three and a half hours away. So she'll come for long sewing weekends and it's so much fun. But yeah. I remember when she was around, I don't know, five or seven and we made this checkerboard. We quilted the squares together, two different colors, and it was like a checkerboard. And then this yeah. little kit, kit, kitten cat fabric made the little pieces 
And, but you know, she chose these fabrics and at first I was like, are you sure? She's like, yep. I like that one. I'm uh, like, all right, it's your, it's your game board, but it turned out so cute. And she was, like you said, just really proud of yeah. it. And I'm, I, I'm so glad. I mean, yeah. it's, it's good that I really have a passion too, that I think we should teach the younger, younger ones. And oh, well, um, we have to. <laughs> to, to do it because it, it, you know, the, I, I just think that arts and crafts are kind of like a condescended a bit. Um, you know, I, I, I don't even know how to really describe it, but I just, um, yeah, you know, I think I, <clears throat> well, there's so, there's so much use of iPads and apps right. and games and we, Damien, he's never been on an iPad. We have a strict, we're kind of <laughs> old school that we were like, we're not using an iPad like, um, mm-hmm. or games like that. So, and I think there's a big resurgence of, of these older crafts, especially in, you know, people maybe in their twenties and stuff. And I see these people signing up for like macrame classes or knitting or quilting. And it's, you know, there is a resurgence there. And I do see quite a few kids quilting classes advertised. And I think there is a need for that and a want from parents. Like, no, let's, let's step away from everything. So tech, technology and kind of embrace like the handcraft and it helps with memory and math and quilting mm-hmm. and you know the, the that hand coordination, coordination right exactly mm-hmm. so and um i definitely think there's a need and it's um i think i and also as a other side to that that for this industry to continue there needs to be another generation that's interested in doing it right so yeah for sure you you just in the because this is how I discovered you. I was on Instagram and I was following yeah. the hashtag, you know, quilt market, and your post just kept popping up and popping up, and I was like, "Yeah, who is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then I see you see your fabrics, and I was like, "Hold the phone!" And I'm like, "Like, yeah. you know, you're pinching to get bigger, and the color palette yeah. you have is all, all my favorite colors, and um, so." And I just thought, man, he is doing such a great job at marketing him for himself, you know, because, you oh, know, you. <laughs> you're, you're designing, you know, for a fabric company. It's, it's Northcott, right? Yes, yes. Is that yeah, a, Cana- that's a Canadian fabric company, right? Or Northcott? It is. Yeah, they have. A, it is. Yeah. And they have a they do have a U.S. like distribution center as well. Right. But, and right. Canada as well. Yeah. So I don't know a ton about them. I do know like uh, quilt show. They're always at the quilt festival type shows. So I've I've bought yeah. like, some fabrics. I don't know. I think there was a Stonehenge fabric thing I bought from them. But, yeah. Yeah. They do. They're a massive company and mm-hmm. um, they do a lot more traditional. So it was. My me coming on with them as a as a guest designer is very contemporary, like what I'm what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I think they were, you know, kind of outside of the box for them, which is which is fun. And I also like that it's Canadian and yeah. they've just been terrific to work with. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. Like they have the Stonehenge, Stonehenge stuff uh-huh. that they're very well known for, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so did they approached you and wanted to? Kind of, I mean, how did this yeah, work yeah. out? Yeah, I was actually, yeah, or did you I DM them? <laughs> <on a quilting laughs> <crew. laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I was because I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought, oh, I'm going <laughs> to become a fabric designer. It wasn't in my, not that I have a goal list, but you know, I was doing it for fun, and then, then it the quilting side of things started to get like a little businessy with, you know, just collaborating with 
um, designers wanting to pattern and test, like I kind of mentioned earlier, or, um, and then I was on a quilting cruise with a friend and I got an email and it was from North Deborah Edwards is the, um, design director there. And she sent me an email and she like, introduced herself and said, Oh, we've, I've been following you on Instagram, on social media and your webpage. And I'm really, I really like what you do with color and the fabrics you choose and contemporary. And if you ever thought about becoming a fabric designer, um, you know, you don't need to be a classically trained artist, which I'm not. Um, if you have a concept and can draw out some rough sketches and pull inspirational photos, we can work together and come up with a concept. So that's how that kind of all started. And uh, that was like August 2018. And what is, I think I had my images finalized like in the spring of 2019 and then launched it September of this year and then was at Houston and it ships in April 2020. So, you know, really happened quite quickly considering. You know, I've talked to, you know, a lot of um, fabric designers and they all Mm -hmm. kind of do it a little differently. Mm -hmm. Some of them are artists and others are not. Um, So I'm always curious about how how do you get these designs to where that company takes it yeah. and produces the fabric? Is it are you drawing sketches or are you go? Did you learn computer programs? So or like how far? Yeah, into it do so you go? for me, I started at her suggestion. Like she said, pull all your concept. Well, think about what you want to do. And I knew I wanted to do plants and animals. Growing up on a farm, um, I loved plants and animals since I was a little kid. You know, I was always taken out nonfiction plants, animal books, national geographics and went into agriculture and animal science. So I wanted to design something that I was passionate about because a, I could market it. B, I would want to use it. Um, and knew I wanted vibrant colors. My house is vibrantly painted. I've always loved color and home decor. Um, that's kind of the medium that I had before. If that's a, I guess it's a medium, you know, I used to always, always do that. So then when it came to deciding on images and how we were going to come up with these, I pulled, I actually remember going to uh, like Home Depot, like a paint store too, and choosing all the paint cards. I'm like, Ooh, these colors work really cool together. And kind of when it came to the coloring side, but mm-hmm. for images, uh, pulled photographs that I really, really liked of, of plants and animals, drew out some sketches and they are very rough. Now, I am fortunate that my sister is an artist. She's and um, her name's Katie, and she's very talented. So, some stuff that I drew, she redrew because she, a we <laughs> we have a very similar aesthetic when it comes to art and style. And um, so she redrew. So I have some of her. I think I've posted a couple um, images, uh, like the the pencil drawings that she did, and I have some of mine still. And then played around uh, minimally, I'll say minimally for that in paint a bit, just, you know, kind of rearranging some stuff, but sending that all in and then working via, because their head office is in Ontario across the country, and then just working with a design director, like she literally is editing stuff on the screen while I'm talking, okay, move that there, let's, you know, upload this. So kind of like, like, you know, over and uh, coming up with a... um, with a print and then, okay, let's enlarge this. Let's make it this colorway. And cause I don't have the, like, I mean, I, I probably could eventually learn to, to, to go into the computer programming that, but what she can do in 30 seconds, like, you know, over the, let's have a phone right, conversation. Right, so, yeah. so yeah, that's how that kind of all came to be, uh, for that first collection. 
That's cool. It's very interesting. Um, but I do, I like the, how that it's still with you started with a sketch and, you know, having your artistic mm-hmm. sort of drawing to that. Cause I, I think um, that um, you can kind of see that I, I've looked on the Northcott website and I looked at all your fabrics. Yeah. There's 14 skews, skews yes. or 14. Yeah. Yeah. Fabrics. And um, they, they still have that um, kind of like they evoke the texture and dimension um, that I really love. It doesn't yeah. look computer generated, right? Necessarily. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, exactly like you can see mm-hmm. um, some of the original concept art is definitely there. Like the technique of that. And yeah. um, I just, I remember having a conversation with them saying, you know, I really want to do two colorways and I love fussy cutting and splice fussy cutting, like where I combine two images. I'm like, it has to have two colorways. I didn't want too many skews. Cause I mean, I need to think of this from a business standpoint too. And I think it's very challenging to, to quilt shops where they want to bring in the whole collection and they're not, they want to bring in 24 24 bolts of fabric for space and for money, right? Or for the consumer who's, I really want to buy the whole line, but oh, it's a big chunk of change to, you know, buy 24 fat quarters well, or half yards. That, so, but yeah, but also quilt shops, at least the ones around here, they can't bring in the whole line. So then you only have like a little bit yeah, of it. Yeah. And so then I got to go online to get yeah, the other ones that yeah. I really want. So I, I think it's better to have a small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they have such great uh, coordinating color work solids. Northcott does. So then we chose, they already had those solids. Those were color work solids that were already okay. in production. So then we chose coordinating ones from there to go with my collection seven. So yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. I saw those solids below, but I wasn't sure where they were from. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. But the colors are beautiful. They're, like I said, you know, because I matter. <laughs> <laughs> my colors. Yeah. <laughs> but I love those cool colors. Purple is my favorite yeah. color. And I love the teals and the pinks and the composition. I love too. Um, I really can't wait to get this fabric. I did this little soapbox thing on one of my podcasts around Fall Market where I'm like, I hate that it takes so long to get these fabrics once they release them. Yeah, yeah. It was really... That's the way it goes. Yeah, it was... (laughs) I was really like hemming and hawing how I was going to do this because Northcott, as of September 1st, my collection was on their website. And I'm like, okay, I know as from a consumer, I see that. like, I want it now when a designer talks about it. But I also was excited. I was like, Hey, well, anyone can just Google it and find it now if someone talks <laughs> and I wanted to announce it. Right. So I did do like a, mm-hmm. a launch kind of around with teasing photos, September 1st. And then obviously going to quote market, I'm going to mm-hmm. post a lot and all the images and stuff. Sure. And, um, cause it, 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 I have to market it for it to be successful and to get the word out there. So, and B, I love Definitely. posting and showing stuff, not only my own, but for market, I had some amazing designer friends, uh, pattern designers and makers make quotes t- to be displayed in my booth or projects or bags. So, um, yeah, super lucky and really fortunate. Pretty. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. That was like such a surreal moment, like coming up mm-hmm. with this concept, um, in my mind and I just wanted it to be like this 
whimsical woodland parlor that you'd walk into and sit down on this velvet chair. So, I mean, I hope you appreciate it from an interior design point. Like a lot of thought went into totally. how that was going to display. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And you had like the greenery texture on the walls. Yeah. It was very yeah. cool. I loved yeah. it. No, I had a, mm-hmm. a lot of help. My, my good friend Crystal uh, came with me and we did lots of pre shopping up here and planning and just kind of sketching out how everything was going to be. Cause you know, a 10 by 10 booth really isn't that big and we're working remotely and then flying from Canada to Houston. And we had to do a lot of shopping there. I was also really fortunate. My friend Michelle lives in Texas in Houston. So we shipped a lot of stuff online for free via the States to her house. And then, you know, oh, um, good, yeah. because I shipping a crate is ridiculous to, from Canada to oh, Houston. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So, um, no. yeah, so it was fun to create that. And I, after I was done, I was like, oh, I want to come back and redecorate my living room like this. So, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe <laughs> next year. We'll see if it's in the budget. But I just like the colors and stuff. I was like, oh, now I can use my own fabric for like curtains in here if I, I want. I love the colors yeah, too. Yeah. Yes, I love them. And the um, it's funny you said the fussy cutting because that is what I know. I said this line is very conducive to fussy cutting. I just see. And there you had one. That's my dog. Sorry. No worries. The quilt that you had where uh, it's. I mean, it's a simple design, but it's very impactful because the um, squares were on um, point and, you know, yeah. your statement, I mean, you fussy cut, the deer were in there and yeah. and then the background was like those birch trees or whatever, you know, the trees that were, it, it just made a really good impact. And I was just like, this, this yeah. was very good for that. Very good for fussy cutting. And yeah. I, 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 again, I can't wait to get these fabrics because yeah, it, yeah. It, and, and the different, um, you know, like what you have is what I call would be blenders. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Like the faux bois, right? Um, I really, I really, um, just to touch base quickly on the fussy cutting, I, Really wanted to keep in mind, like, for piecing fussy cutting, and then also I really got into English paper piecing, which is a lot smaller scale fussy cutting. Yeah. And um, it, if you go back in my feed or on my posts, Brimfield Awakening did that English paper pieced um, Brimfield Crossroads octagon quilt for me. And it's so cool because they, Kim and Nisha, fussy cut out, like, in the pattern, um, the sewing notions, like, each spool of thread was, like, a little octagon. Oh, yeah framing and the, the deer was fussy cut out or the way they fussy cut that birch tree print it looks like a completely different fabric it's like a kaleidoscope um, type of a pattern yeah, i'm amazed yeah when people it do was that. really trippy it yeah, was awesome yeah. and um <laughs> so i thought of that and then also just designing i was like i really want to stripe like i love i love a striped binding on my colt so Me but too. i don't want to stripe like i don't want to just a stripe and you know i keeping with the the plants and animals flora fauna theme and just because there was like poplar and birch groves in summerland bc where i grew up i was like well i want to do like do that kind of that whimsical wooded look there and then i've used that binding on a few of them with the sample yardage i had and i just absolutely love it so yeah, yeah. but the blenders so cool. the blenders yeah the uh, my favorite one ended up being that thistle thicket. It's that kind of that minty green and white, and it almost looks like a solid from a distance, but up close there's like the thistle in it, and then it um, comes in that kind of fuchsia colorway as well, or the wood grain. Yeah. And they read like solids, but you know, up close they have texture. So it's, I know, I love you know. that. It's like one of and, my favorite things. Yeah. The um, <laughs> and in when you said stripe too, I noticed one of your other patterns is more of. It, 
I was like, this is almost like a stripe because it's it, yeah, it's curvy. It swallows with it. Yeah. yeah. It's curvy, yeah, the but then there's stripes, down. and I was like, I love this. It's so cool. Yeah, and yeah. and then and your each... your salmon fabric with the the nest that has like the threat, you know, the sewing notions in it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to like I discussed for earlier was you know the plants and animals theme, and then I was like, you know, I kind of want to, but I'm going to do something a little bit different because that's been done, and. I want to do what I love, but I'm like, let's put some sewing notions in kind of that, that new love for quilting. And I thought sewists and makers out there would find that kind of fun, you know? So I said, how fun would it be? Um, I knew I wanted to have the magpie. That's kind of the large bird that's recolored traditionally they're black and white and they're kind of like trickster birds and they collect <laughs> things around the yard. Shiny so I was like, okay, things. what if, yeah. what if they're, yeah. So it's like, what if, what if they're collecting, um, little sewing notions for their nest and putting them in there? And, um, like one of the prints is called nest notions. So it's, it's, it was kind of a fun play on that. And then literally every print has something really meaningful from my childhood. So like the dogwood flowers in that mm. one print. And I planted my mom a dogwood tree when I was a kid. And the stags, like we always had a uh, herd of deer pulling up to our driveway when we were young and they'd be there and there's always this big stag. So it's like the barn swallow, like everything was was very significant. And I wanted to do something I was passionate about that I could talk about because it was so meaningful to me growing up. So yeah, yeah it's really fun. Yeah, I love it. It's so cool. It's just... Um... I just uh, can't wait to get it. Uh, <laughs> Fourteen skews. April, but, April but, twenty twenty. So yeah, really, yeah, it's not that far away now. <laughs> not, not anymore. Yeah, it's coming up. But um, you know, I also thought too that the, the, this fabric line would make really nice um, home deck things as well, um, because even even people like I think they could do their sewing rooms where they could make like a Roman shade with that stag fabric, and you know, they yeah, could, they could. You can bind Roman shades with stripes and stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very versatile. Well, I, I even, like I said, like, I'm like, ooh, I want to make some curtains with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool with some of these prints. And my uh, friend Tara Sinclair, she her company is OO Creations. She made those three amazing original bags for me for market. Okay. And they're just awesome. So, like, check out my feed or I believe they're on my, my website as mm-hmm. well. But, um I find quilters are really diversifying, not just from quilting. And some people are experimenting with garment making Mm -hmm. and um, bags are huge right now. And uh, it was interesting. Actually, when I was at market, I remember, I can't remember her name, but it was a a woman had come in and said, I really want to make, I'm going to make a dress with one of your prints. Like, I think it was one of the, I think, I think she was talking about like the Navy print that had like the birds and oh, okay. like the, the nest and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, was, and I had a couple of shirts made for market, which was really fun. I noticed that. But yeah. 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 My friend, mm-hmm. Arlene, yeah. My friend Arlene made me two, two shirts and it was so cool. She had embroidered like NBQ on the shoulder, like yeah. for natural born culture, which was really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm very, I'm very fortunate to have such good friends. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I definitely see it's um, versatile. And, you know, I'm always um, lobbying, uh, well, not always, but I have recently with Katerina Rotella, because um, I know one of her patterns, I'm like, that could totally be a drapery fabric. But, you know, tell tell the your fabric company to make 54 inch wide <laughs> size yeah. and do a custom yeah. linen combination and, you know, home deck. There you go. So... Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of you're starting to see more of that, right? And yeah. the, I am, I am 
in the talks. Well, I'm working on my second line already oh, good. and potentially diversifying with some fabrics. So I'll give you that hint. Yay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I know now, yeah. like, definitely sometimes with some fabric lines, the standard is like a couple of rayon print, you know, yeah. a couple of prints get made mm-hmm. into rayon and some of them get made into knits. So, like, yeah. let's add on a couple of them to be home deck <laughs> and then it'll we'll, yeah. be complete. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's good. You're working on your second line. Wonderful. I am. Yeah. So, yeah. with Northcott, then do you um, do you release lines twice a year, or is it just for the fall market? There's there was no. That's kind of just up to discussion and negotiation with with my contract. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a time contract, so I'm not committed to doing two lines a year or three or one. So, um, I believe just in timing. Uh, second line will likely be next fall. And I mean, just on top of, on top of everything we discussed earlier about my, my time scheduling, like yeah. that's, that's what it, that's what I can do. <laughs> so, but I like that because yeah. sometimes I think that, um, because by the time we wait for the collection mm-hmm. to actually be available for us to buy, then like a month later, there's the spring market and it's just yeah. like, and I you just, want that. Yeah. And if you don't have like, enough much. time, you don't have enough time to like value and just like, you know, enjoy Appreciate, yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. I was having a discussion with friends. It's like, you know, I was so excited about these lines that came out and this is maybe fall market two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even touched those fat quarter bundles because right? something else came. Yes. I got excited about this or I got, I was privileged enough to get sample yards or something else. And it's like, it's just, it, it kind of takes away, I'm not going to say it's oversaturated because it's just the way the industry mm-hmm. operates, but, um, it definitely, when, t- when a designer that you really like, or the industry comes out with, uh, um, so many, I get, you just have to limit and decide what you want to do. And you, my biggest thing is I'm trying to sew with the fabric I have. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. to sit down and just appreciate that and actually make something. And I do have lots of partial like uh tops on the go i don't know if you have work in progresses or, or if you finish everything start to finish oh, no. but I, I, have got, bin, I have a bin i have a whole basket of, of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm like okay i really want to get those done and before i really start and appreciate something so yeah yeah me too and then you know you the, in in the quilt industry when they do, you know, a number of runs, and when that fabric's gone, it's gone. So it's not like, oh, it'll be there for me six months from now to buy. It won't. It might not be. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's the other. Yeah, that's the other. You know, downfall because then you're just like, well, do I buy do it buy now, now? Yeah. and <laughs> hope I make something with this later, or you know, it's so. definitely it's definitely a little bit of a ordering hobby I find yeah. like hoarding that fabric yeah. away so I have been cutting my stash back and trying to make stuff or uh-huh. get rid of stuff I'm like okay am I really going to use all of this right so well and yeah. I've just kind of learned too because I, I started to get you know you start you're just like oh we got I got to get this you know because it's not going to be here and now I'm just like I have to really love it if I'm going to get it and, exactly and then yep. I will get it and then I will use it but if I'm just yeah. doing it because, oh, everybody else is doing this and, you know, it's going to be gone and whatever. then I have, <laughs> And I have some, and it's probably words of wisdom, like some, some friends that are so disciplined that 
unless they have a pattern for that fabric, they don't buy it. Mm. And like, that's some, dis- that's that's some discipline, discipline, right? Because, and yeah. then they generally make it fairly shortly after. It's like, oh, wow. kudos to that. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, <clears throat> I don't have that kind of willpower, <laughs> but I definitely have gotten better. And I, I don't know, I, I can appreciate, I think what I get more now. I mean, it kind of like, I used to do that with shoes <laughs> just because yeah. they're on sale. <laughs> you got to get yeah. them. Now, I just would rather invest in really good quality shoes and have less, mm-hmm. and then you get what you really, really want. Yeah. So um, that's great. Um, I'm really, really excited for your line of fabrics, and I'm glad you're working on another line um, again. And um, we're almost coming up. I don't know if you have time. I, I wanted to t- ask you about this. Um, you're a certified teacher. It was so kind of wonderful teaching the curves. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I met- start, first, start with that. I want to talk about Alaskan <laughs> Cruise, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, start with the cruise. Yeah. And that's kind of where this starts. Okay, so, good. Um, because the Alaska cruise um, was, so this was like, I think I said 2018, right? And I was like, it's so funny. I remember telling friends we were going on this cruise and they're like, you're going on a quilting cruise? <laughs> they're like, really? Like, I mean, yeah, okay, it sounds kind of <laughs> random. But it was, you know, it's not just the whole cruise ship is quilters. It's it's right. like a conference center within. And it was to Alaska, which was really fun. And um, yeah, so went on this cruise and it was Stacy Day was teaching. She's a Canadian pattern designer. Uh, so kind of wonderful was teaching. So all three sisters were there. And then Tula Pink was kind of the headliner teaching, which was pretty cool. And three projects. I remember um, getting there and I was really excited. Um, discovered I get seasick. <laughs> Which is just like that was that made for an interesting seven days um, sewing. On I wouldn't boat. be able to go. I am t- yeah, I'm terrible it, seasick, so I, I I wouldn't even be able to do it. <laughs> it was more so like the the vertigo headache sinus thing. Like it wasn't like full on. You know, I'm down on the floor sick. Um, but pushed through. You know, took gravel and whatnot, and um, and I remember. I did. I brought all my own fabric because I wanted to. You can most people buy kits, so they don't have to haul fabric on the plane. Sewing machines were provided, and I remember thinking you could bring your own fabric. B, the kit was quite expensive, and it was in American dollars and Canadian to American mm, conversion is not right. great. So the cruise was, you know, a splurge in itself. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring my own fabric, and then I, in in turn of that, get a unique project. No one else has that from the from the cruise. So I brought all my own fabric, did all my cutting. I remember cutting, had the pattern in advance and prepping all the fabric. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I've been doing all these traditional curved methods. And I was like, this is so kind of wonderful. I don't know how this is going to work out. Like, is it really this quick curve method that they talk about? And I remember sitting down to the class and Jenny Perdigo gave her intro and, and she's the nicest person ever you'll meet out there. And, um, and, I just like instantly she demoed it. I tried it and it's like no pin quick curve method. And I was just like instantly hooked. No and I was like, whatever, what, <laughs> no pins. And I was like, what have I been doing? Like, and I still, I still piece traditionally with pins, but um, especially if you need like a really tight curver on some of those New York beauties. But I was just like, oh, like she, you get these amazing, cool curved um, patterns and quilts as a result. And they're so fast to put together. Wow. And the kind of the second thing that I love I love a good pattern that you get to trim the blocks down a bit. So the blocks are always a little bit bigger. And then if you, and I mean, it's all like they have um, some, you can use just a 
your own ruler and mark the lines or they market their own so kind of wonderful rulers that are the certain size and there's reference points so you can literally match up on a block you made like make sure these dots are on the two points oh. of these triangles and it perfectly centers it and then all your blocks are consistently trimmed um so yeah met them on on that cruise and it was the chic picnic quilt and i did it up and i um, played around. I was really inspired. They had a, a quilt there in the same couple quilt. They had quite a few quilts, but one of them, and it was that pattern, but it wasn't traditionally pieced. They had kind of made it more modern and tilted of a lot of the blocks. So I did it like that and just had posting exactly marketing, posting away, having conversations with them, um, on Instagram a little bit. And then I had gone to market, um, and chatted some more and just, talked to them and they were about to launch this uh, teacher certification program in North America. I think they had done kind of a small launch in Australia to trial it out. And then like, oh, we're just looking to do this in North America. Um, you know, we want to test this out a little bit, this 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 program we've designed. So I test, tested out the program they designed, um, which was making this mini cult, uh, Hello Curves, and takes, uh, I think, Ooh, top of my head, like five or six of their classic blocks using their quick curve mini and just the quick curve ruler. And you make a mini in a day and learn all their oh. techniques that you can basically, basically do any of their patterns after doing that mini project. Okay. Because they, a lot of their blocks are um, reused, like the same uh, concept of piecing mm-hmm. and other patterns they do. And it's just, they're just pieced differently. Right. But, um, and that's kind of how that started yeah. in that conversation to become a certified teacher with them. So yeah, yeah, look at you in the right place <laughs> at the really, right time. I really, really like teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and and um, teaching is so much fun. So um, it's cool. And they have a new pattern, uh, a new curved ruler out this fall. And I got it at Fall Market, and have not had time to use it yet. But I do want to use that. So I. I've seen a lot more. If you go on their website, a lot more shops um, have been signing up and instructors and stuff. So it's again, it's like nice mutual marketing and stuff. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll, I'll put <clears> the <throat> link to that in the show notes, and then yeah, uh, yeah. a link to your your blog, which is the um, Natural Born Quilter. Just Natural Born Quilter. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Yeah, I'm super thankful and grateful for you having me on, and I can't wait for you to get the fabric i'm excited to see if you make some cool home decor uh i'm thinking about it yeah yeah i'll definitely i'll definitely tag you if i do otherwise everyone i guess stay tuned for april and april and post away i'm that's what i'm most excited is to see what everyone's gonna make yes that's what i'm most excited about like not even my own patterns just make projects yeah Yeah, with your fabric isn't that so cool yeah great yeah great great okay well Thanks Thank for having you, me. Brett. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast. The podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Socha. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.